status quo and everything's going okay. The last two weeks we've been in uh, what are called psalms of disorientation. Prayers, laments, offerings of our being that speak to the way that life throws a monkey wrench into the mix, stirs up fear, and causes us to cry out to God for deliverance. These last two weeks, this Sunday and next, will be in this third and final section, uh, Psalms of Reorientation, or Psalms of a New Orientation. Psalms that speak to that new path that God promises to set us on as we walk through life's journey. The new ways that God is working and doing something in our lives as we walk this walk together. These psalms are about God offering new life when all else seemed impossible and where the only thing that seemed to be real was the reality of death and grief and sadness. It's about God's work of transforming us and reshaping us and setting us on a new path toward that abundant life that Jesus promises in the Gospels. And we start with Psalm 40 today, which seems to kick it off by suggesting that good things take time. There are many ways that we say this in our own you know, day-to-day life, right? You can't rush, rush perfection. Um, patience is a virtue. Like a potter molding clay, right? Turning this raw earth into an oddly shaped brick toward a piece of pottery that serves as either a work of art or a utensil for daily use. You can't rush this process by which things are shaped and reshaped and molded and transformed into their final image. I told you patience would be coming back around. Right, Psalm 40 begins, I waited patiently for the Lord. But scholars believe that this might actually be a mistranslation. Because scripture doesn't actually say patiently waited. What the original language does say is, I waited, I waited. Scripture, both Old and New Testament, use this Linguistic device of repeating words to extend emphasis. Uh, one of the most common ones that we find in the New Testament, um, it, it actually comes from the mouth of Jesus. He says, Amen, Amen, translated truly, truly, or maybe more familiar, very truly, I tell you. And when Jesus does that, he's getting at this point that I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Because it's really, really, really important. Here in Psalm 40, the psalmist uses the same device. Not to say so much, I patiently waited for the Lord. But maybe more akin to something like, I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited some more. 
And then God showed up. In this way, it joins the cries of these lament psalms, these psalms of of disorientation. How long, O Lord, must this suffering endure? How long until I see your deliverance? How long? I've waited and I've waited and I've waited longer than I can count. And so in some ways, Psalm 40 is like this recollection of Israel's 40 years spent in the wilderness after God had freed them from slavery in Egypt or maybe even remembering the way that the Babylonian exile ended after generations of captive Israelites were finally allowed to return to their homes and to their worship. In other ways, it speaks to every instance of God's people crying out for deliverance in times of need. I've waited and I've waited and I've waited for such a long time. And now that time's finally here. The Psalms were given titles by their authors, by their composers, much like, you know, you turn on the radio and you hear, I'll go, you know, across the board, Piano Man, or, I don't know, pick your favorite song. We have numbered them. And so it's interesting that this one happens to be numbered 40, right? Because the biblical image of 40, right? It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was tempted and tested in the desert for 40 days. 40 in the Bible means a long, long time. Or 40 means it takes as long as it takes. I've waited and I've waited and I've waited for a long, long time. I've waited for as long as it takes, and now it's finally here. The psalmist, while enduring a crisis, has waited for however long for God to show up and pull them up out of the muck, out of the mire, to set them on a place of sure footing and to provide that deliverance that God has promised since the beginning of time. And I think every last one of us know that when we are enduring a crisis, whatever it may be, waiting for a long, long time, for as long as it takes, isn't desirable when we encounter those moments of pain. In times of crisis, patience is in short supply. What the psalmist describes isn't a calm period of meditative reflection, just sitting, twiddling his thumbs, but a long-suffering period of uncertainty and worry. It's the difference between waiting for the lights to dim in a movie theater before the show starts and waiting in a hospital room for the doctor to come with a report of your loved one's procedure. How do we wait in times where patience is in short supply? Do we pace back and forth? Do we 
bounce our legs, fidget with our phone, or rumble around in our pockets. If you're like me, you check the clock every minute, recognizing that, you know, even though it feels like an hour's gone by, the second hand's barely made another trip around. For all of that, for all the ways that this psalmist describes this this feeling of anxiety, Psalm 40 is actually classified as a psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm of praise. And I think there's something to be said about that as we travel through life and encounter moments where our fears become reality and the unknown becomes our worst nightmare. How do we praise God in the worst moments of our life? In those moments where we just want it to end and our patience has run out. How do we praise God beside the beds and the caskets of our loved ones? How do we praise God in front of the television as more news about the latest accident, the latest instance of violence, stories of wars and rumors of worse? How do we praise and thank God in these moments because of the promise of freedom that we've received and the assurance of healing and wholeness and rest? That God has said belong to us and yet still seem far off. What we can understand about this psalmist is that God has delivered. God has remained faithful. God has made good on the promise. That momentary suffering is over. And life can begin again. And so an interesting thing is said. You, Lord, have put a new song in my mouth. You've replaced the song of sadness and lament and anguish with one of joy and thanksgiving and love. My mind drew a blank trying to think of, you know, Song titles, but I, I want you to take a moment and think about your favorite song. How many of them come from a time in your life when you were much younger than you are now? Right? We love those old songs of our youth. Um, they're the ones that are familiar, they're the ones that we know by heart, they're the ones that. We can turn on and turn up when we need to feel comforted, when we need to feel that rush of nostalgia. We want to relive those memories of moments gone by. And yet, there are some songs that we can't hear because they are connected with moments of pain and grief and lament. 
God has promised to put a new song in our hearts. A new song for us to sing and show what God has done for us in an unending act of mercy and love. Showing us that you can teach an old dog new tricks. There are always new surprises to be found and new experiences to be shared because of the ways in which God persists with us. God in God's great patience does a new thing because it's what our old suffering required. We cry out for it. We ask for it. We insist that there's got to be more to life than the evils that we witness and the pain we endure. And so we cry out, God, hear me and deliver me. And God makes good on that promise. There is a new song to be sung. And when that time comes, it sounds like a new favorite and an instant classic. And so again, I ask, how do we wait in those times and in those places where patience seems to be in short supply? The psalmist may very well have waited and waited and waited, but it doesn't sound like that time was wasted. Because how we wait determines the new song that we learn to sing. I've got too many images floating around here, but I'm going to give you another one, right? You take your car off to the mechanic to get an oil change. What do you do in the meantime? If it's drop off for an all day, right, you either head into work or you go back home and you cut the grass, you wash the dishes, you fold clothes, you do something productive until you get the phone call to say, hey, the car's ready, come back. Or maybe if it's a quick turnaround, right, drop the car off, hand them the keys, sit in the lobby, read a book, answer email on your phone, heck, even take a nap. Right? And those moments of waiting, we do the things that we need to do to be prepared for the next step. To encounter what God has set in front of us. To move into the places that God is preparing for us. It's not wasted time waiting. It's time that's been repurposed. Time that is spent giving thanks to God for time itself. For all the ways that God has freed us and lifts us up out of those places where we don't want to be. And offers a space that we might be turned around and reoriented toward the God who saves. So as we give thanks for the God who frees us through this resurrection promise of Jesus, how are we waiting in this meantime for Jesus to return? How are we waiting for that spirit to come and lift us up to new life for the times that still persist? Because we, like the psalmist, recognize that even though the immediate 
suffering is over. It's still out there. Even though this crisis has been averted, another is still potential. How do we give thanks now so that we're prepared to meet what will come? The psalmist says that God has done much more for us than we could ever begin to describe or imagine. If we started telling all the things that God has done, we would never have enough time to finish. Which means we better get started. Singing this new song, waiting with intention... Is this response of thanksgiving for what God has done by sharing the good news of Jesus and giving credit where credit is due. Singing the new song that captivates people, finds its way into their eardrum that they're humming all day long. Look at what God has done for us. Look at what God has done for us. Sing that new song loud and proud for everyone to hear. Tell others the ways that you've experienced the love and the presence of God in your life by pointing out the places where God met you in those waiting rooms, where God met your needs, where God provided for our inadequacies and where where our patience has been rewarded. Show the world how God's mercy has pulled you up and out of that muck and mire and placed you on a solid foundation by offering the same mercy and love and compassion to others who are waiting and waiting and waiting someone to come and save them. Don't hold back from telling the world what God has done for you to love you, to deliver you from life's burdens, to raise all of us up in the resurrection life of Jesus and to strengthen us as we wait. giving thanks all the day long. Amen.